Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to yet another very special episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, checking in with my co-host. Fellas, how y'all doing? What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Jalen, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be together, man. Another special episode. What's good, what's good, what's good? It's Jerry checking in. Uh, happy to be here, man. You yeah. know, finally getting to be able to hear people here, you know, with the guys, finally in person. Yeah, yeah. real thing. <laughs> Number two. So you know how it goes. We, we on the grind today. Oh, yeah. Got them rolling. Oh, yeah. How y'all boys doing today? Are we good? Kelly, how you doing, bro? Good man. Fortunately, like I said, I can't be with y'all today, but it's cool. We got a good, a great special guest today. Hey, man, can't wait to get into it. Uh, Kelly, let let them know who we got on the podcast today, bro. Today we have Amon and Christina from Irish Journey. And yeah, I found them personally on YouTube. They were like my personal, I guess, advisors on what to do with money and how to how to arrange certain things. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. How you guys doing? How y'all doing? Hey, what's up? What's up? We we are so happy to to be on the channel. I mean, uh, what you guys have been have been doing and, and bringing to to black people is just man, it's just amazing. So we are we are really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, you guys. We're excited to do this. Oh, we appreciate it. We appreciate y'all for coming on. Yeah. So, <laughs> and for those that people that don't know, they're Broadcasting via Portugal, so uh, <laughs> we appreciate y'all. We know it's a time difference, so we definitely appreciate y'all for making it happen. What time is it there right now? It's uh, it's about nine p.m. Okay. But okay. for Portugal, that's early. I mean, people people aren't even going to dinner yet. People, it's Saturday night, so it doesn't really get started around here until about eleven o'clock. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I kind of see how y'all pick Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting all that because like. This is dope. That's a dope part of y'all story. 
we normally start the podcast off by asking our guests to kind of just introduce themselves to our audience and kind of yeah. just tell them how y'all got to where y'all are. Okay. All right. Um, I'll start. So uh, I'm, I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I grew up in a, in a, in a town called Vallejo. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, a, of Vallejo, but um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're into music, uh, E-40 is from Vallejo. We got a couple people that came out of Vallejo. So uh, I grew up in Vallejo. Um, basically, I have been working since I was five years old. And I've always had this hustle mentality. And um, when I graduated from college, I got into real estate. Me and Christina both got into real estate. And that's really where our story started, where we started just doing these little real estate deals and just kind of, you know, investing and building wealth, but really with no direction, you know? And then about eight years ago, we came across this concept of financial independence and retiring early. And this idea, it just, it just resonated with us because we had been, you know, we had been investing all, you know, we had been, investing all this time, but we really didn't have a plan in place for what we wanted to do once we had acquired all this money. And when we came across this concept of building this wealth and then getting to a point where this wealth works for itself and takes care of you for the rest of your life, that, that just resonated with us. So eight years ago, we started to really be intentional about our investing and formulating what we like to call like a fire plan for financial independence and retire early. And so at the, end of, at the end of our plan, where we are now, now we don't have to work anymore. Our money works for us. You know, uh, it's, it's Saturday right now, but honestly, every day feels like Saturday, right? <laughs> and every night feels like Friday night because we don't, have that, we don't have that burden that we have to go to work tomorrow, right? We don't have to work for money anymore for the rest of our lives because we made intentional decisions with our money early on. So that's kind of... How, 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 how my story started is just being just hustling hard, hustling, hustling, hustling. And Christina can, can add her piece. Yeah. So we met when we were in college and we graduated, we moved to San Diego together. And like Amon said, we, we started by investing in real estate and then we were investing in the stock market at the same time. So we, were raised in California and California is really our home. So we were investing in real estate in California and then we were taking that money and those profits and we were turning them and putting them back into the stock market also. And so I think really this concept of fire that started for us was like, what can we do now? What can we do in order to make more money, to save more money? And how do we invest the money so that it can grow to a point where we don't have to work at anymore and we could just live off of the investment that we have acquired, this money that we've acquired, and we live off of it for the rest of our lives without ever draining the principal balance. And so Recently, we got to that point. We got to this point where we have become financially independent, where we can just live off of our investments without ever having to work again. But it's been a journey. It's been eight years where we're discovering things, learning new things. And now I'm 41, Amon's 39, and we're at a place where we never have to work again. Hey, that is inspiring. I can see why you <laughs> clung to them, Kelly. Lord, man, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> different that's, that's really amazing like 
to to set out on this journey eight years ago and then now y'all never have to work another day in your lives that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and it's also cool because we did a, a blog article on the fire yeah. movement so i'm um, glad that we can have somebody who's actually done it um yeah. and you can speak about it um so like whose idea was it you know to go with with this and what was the first step that you took did you go directly into stocks or did you go directly into real estate and what did that look like oh man so you know what it i think the idea came from just uh frustration so i was at i was at work one day and um i had been i had been working at my job for some time and and i had gotten this award so 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 let, let me let me back up a little bit we were government employees. So we had regular jobs. We got, you know, we had, we had, we had average salaries, government employees, you know, they make an average salary. So with the government, after so many years, they give you an award for your service in government. And I had gotten an award for 10 years of service. But when I got my award for 10 years of service, another man had gotten his award for 40 years of service. And my coworker was like, man, this dude's been here for 40 years you've only been here for 10 you know they didn't even they didn't even respect my award they gave me my award and they moved me off the stage and i said to myself there's no way i'm going to be here for 40 years so me and christina i came home and i had this conversation with her and and we we started to talk about how can we do it can it be real estate should we be should we be buying more real estate that pays us uh rents every month that we can live off for the rest of our lives should it be should it be the stock market should it be a business and so we started to just put together all of these ways that we could generate income that could support us so we wouldn't have to work anymore and focus on the things that we really wanted to do, right? Because there are things that when we were at work, we were just frustrated with. You know, we were missing out on a lot of stuff. Our, our kids were getting older. Uh, you know, we wanted to travel more, we wanted to spend more time with our, with our parents who were also getting older. So that's what started it. You know, it just came from this idea of like, I have to be in this office another 40 years to really be called a success, right? Yeah, and I think it was it was really Amon too. He came home and he said, I want to retire before I'm 40. And you know that that idea of like, well, that is not normal. I mean, that was that was not at a time where the fire movement had picked up steam, where more people are talking about fire. I mean, it's getting, fire is getting bigger now, but there's still a huge, vast number of people that do not know about fire. So when he said this, you know, eight years ago, I want to retire before I'm 40, it was like, whoa, that is definitely a new concept. You know, we've got to sort of wrap our heads around that one. So I think, I think with that, that's really what started it and understanding that we have to take the time to invest our money now, even though we're considered very young, but we're investing for our retirement. So where did you hear about the uh, fire movement? Like, Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In general like how did how did that get started as far as like uh you know i, I understand so we're following the timeline you know you're getting there you don't want to have to wait at your job for 40 years to be valued or to be appreciated and so you know you decide okay let's get out of this somehow how do you come across you know the fire movement and kind of choose a direction to go well you know i think 
this 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 name that it has now is a is a pretty recent name and so i don't i don't think we came across it i think we were already in it you know and then and then it was given a label and then it was like oh that's what we were already doing you know there there are people that have been investing and living off of their investments forever you know now that it has a now that it has a title maybe it's more easier for people to 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 recognize mm -hmm. but i mean I knew people uh, that didn't work, but they somehow survived. And I guess they were they were financially independent, right? You did, you know, you're like, does he have a job? Um, no, he doesn't have a job. You know, he he owns real estate. He has an inheritance. I don't know, but those people were technically financially independent. Okay, so for those who don't understand or who are trying to like get a full grasp of what we're talking about as far as the fire movement, can you explain that fully to the people? Yeah, so the FIRE movement is this idea that, you know, the, the average age of retirement is, it seems, you know, well beyond 60 now. It gets later, it gets pushed back and pushed back because people aren't really thinking about the future of retirement. Now it's this whole YOLO lifestyle, right? You only live once, spend your money now, forget about when you're, when you're older, right? So the FIRE movement is, it stands for financial independence, retire early. And it's this concept that if you invest your money properly and you're saving more money than you normally would save, if you're going out, you're doing side hustles, you're making more money and you're investing in it properly, then you can retire before the standard or the average retirement age. And it's because you have this grown this investment portfolio that will sustain you throughout the rest of your retirement. So and y'all went to real estate first. So how did that first deal look? Um, trying to go from the fire movement to like, okay, now I got real estate. Let me let me see how I can get into real estate. And how did I? How did you actually do it? Especially in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our first real estate deal was in San Diego, and it was a a lease option. And so. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with lease or I don't know if your audience is familiar with lease options, but the way the lease option works is you, you buy this, you, 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 you buy this option um, to, to basically buy the home later on down the road. But in the meantime, you're paying rent on this, on this piece of property. So we bought this lease option to be able to buy this property within a certain amount of time. And what happened was that piece of property appreciated beyond the value um, that we had bought the lease option for. So that was our first deal. We, we ended up selling that lease option and then using that to buy another piece of property. And that's kind of how we got started in the beginning, beginning. Yeah, and that second property was the regular standard purchase and mm -hmm. had a regular mortgage and, and we actually own that property. But I just really wanna focus on that point of doing the lease option. The reason why we did the lease option is because we didn't have a lot of money back then. And so we started off in investing by doing the lease option. And the reason why I really wanted to just highlight that point is because you know we talk about the fire movement and a lot of people think like oh you have to start off with a lot of money you have to have some windfall you have to have an inheritance in order to achieve early retirement and become financially independent but Amon and I, we really started with nothing. We graduated, we moved in together. I didn't even have a full-time job. I was juggling two part-time jobs. And then later we became government employees together. So 
it's not like we came from this very wealthy family. Our parents weren't investors. They didn't give us money when we graduated from college. So the idea that we got started in real estate and we had to be very creative with how we got started because we didn't start with a lot of money is something that I just, I, I want to impart on the audience there is that if you are creative about what you can do under your circumstances, financial independence can be achievable. It's not just for people who have this great wealthy background. Yeah. And I, and I like you really point that out and you took that out, especially because of the fact that like, I want the audience to pay attention to the fact that these guys did it in one of the most expensive markets out there. You know, they went out there and they say, you know, what? Well, not only are we going to be able to save our money, we're going to save our money, we're going to flip our money, we're going to make more money with that money. And in real estate, in one of the most expensive places in the world to buy real estate, and they made it work. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love the way they, they set up the, the lease options. That's because with that. lease options, you don't have to do the maintenance and things. Because mm -hmm. they, when you set it up, they have the option to buy it. So these guys, the people that are their tenants, they are they have the option to buy the house and they're they're gonna fix them any type of maintenance or anything. So that's a that's another way for the listeners if they if you're interested in getting the real estate, you don't have a lot of money to get into it, you should think about doing lease options because you won't have to be at midnight getting a phone call about doing some plumbing. You know, that'll be, <laughs> yeah. that'll be on the tenants to do that. So I think that's <laughs> no uh with the lease option, I had had a question. With, with y'all lease option, y'all had purchased the property and lease lease optioned it out to someone, or y'all had purchased the property as a lease option, and then we, that's how you got into it and sold it. That that's exactly it. So we we purchased the property for ourselves. So we bought the lease option, right? And then it, it's interesting because when we when we took on the lease, we put other tenants in it, and they were paying the lease. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we were like subleasing our lease option. And then when the property appreciated, we sold the option to another investor. Okay. And that and and the difference between what we bought the lease option for and, and what we sold it for, we took that difference and invested it somewhere else. Damn, that's hard. So y'all basically just like flipped the contract. Y'all came in, <laughs> somebody in there, flipped y'all just flipping paper and turned it into the money. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's, some that's creative. Yeah. I was about I like to say that. that's exactly what it takes. Creativity. A lot of people they don't understand that you have to be creative to build wealth, and that's exactly what y'all did. So hey, I applaud y'all. <laughs> and now, now I'm thinking about something that we want to kind of jump at it. So, because a lot of people, hey, we were talking about them being in the most expensive market and all this. They look at those mortgage numbers and be like, oh hell no. Yeah. What, what, what was the the thing that drove y'all to be like, you know what, to hell with it. I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah. So, and we get this, we get this question all, all the time is, you know, should I get, should I start investing in like a low cost area or like an out of state area, especially when we were in, in California where these numbers are, are very big, $500,000 houses and things like that. But, you know, for us, we did something that was a little different. We were, we were doing something called live and flips. So when we bought the properties, we were using FHA loans. So we were only putting 3% down, 3.5% down. So relatively speaking, it's not a lot of money to, to buy a property if you're using an FHA loan. 
but we brought bought these like fixer upper properties. I mean, they were livable and and really the issue was the aesthetics of them. So we would buy a place, fix it up, and then refinance it, move out or leverage the equity into 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 something else. So it was it was one of those things that you know, on the surface, yes, if you're if you're if you're trying to be an investor and put 20% down, it's going to be tough, right? But when you're when you're doing these living flips where you're taking it on as as an owner occupied, there's different ways to be able to bring that cost down. Yeah, and again that goes just again to the creativity of saying, okay, these are our circumstances. We are going to make this work because if we can get into this market and make a profit in this market in California, then we are building our portfolio, we're building our investments and it's going to help us achieve that early retirement goal. Yeah. Okay, so as far as like um so one thing that keeps popping up a lot is uh, the creativity and how y'all attacked it from, you know, kind of not the traditional route. So, um, you know, can you kind of speak to some of the, the resources and the education and kind of the process that y'all went through uh, when learning about like the potential ways to do this type of stuff? Like, how did y'all get to that point of being like, you know what, I think lease options are the way we should go with it instead of just regular mortgage? Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we actually did a, a, a YouTube video on this. So one of the things about our channel is we like to do a lot of how-to videos. And so the way we come, came up with a lot of these creative things, we, we would just encounter an issue and then brainstorm on that issue. So uh, for example, in, in California, a lot of homes were getting a lot of uh, bidding wars. You know, you'd go to make an offer on a house and there'd be like 30, 40 people there. They would get tens of, 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 of offers on a home. So what we did was say, well, we're going at the wrong time. We need to be looking at homes when no one else is looking at homes. So we were looking at homes over, over the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. We would, we would walk into a home that would normally have tens of people in it, and we'd be the only ones there. So we, so we, so we minimized the competition like that. Then we also did things like, I'm an urban planner, so we would look at the master plan for the city, and we'd identify where in the city the master plans had the most development and growth. And so we would, we would, we would focus on, on different niches. And so, you know, most people that buy real estate, they are buying it with too many emotions. They don't do enough research. They just kind of follow the herd. And so what we try to do is we would see the herd going in that direction. We go the absolute opposite direction. Yeah, so I'll give you an example. So we have, like Amon said, we did a YouTube video on how we flipped three different properties and we started with one property and we used the profit that we got from that property or the, the uh, equity in that property after we flipped it to purchase the second property and then the third property. And the way we found that first property is, like Amon said, going the exact opposite direction as the herd. So we looked for houses that have been sitting on the market for a long time. And we also looked at homes that were not staged. They looked really ugly on the inside. And it's something that you'd go into the property, you'd look at it, and normally people would be like, there's no way I'm buying this property. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's an eyesore. 
people want to see this beautiful staged home. But when we walked into it, we could see the beautiful staged home once we took everything out and did the work that we wanted to do on the property. And that's exactly what we did. So we took homes that had been sitting on the market for a long time that were eyesores and we put in the work, we did the work ourselves, refurbished the entire homes, and then the equity that was on these properties from the work that we did just skyrocketed. And then it became that house that the herd started running to. They wanted that house after it had been sitting on the market for so long. Girl, you just touched on a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Okay, so I like how you were talking about buying during the holidays because I just told David that because we're trying to get our first investment property. I was like, bro, we need to buy during the holidays. I was like, for one, a lot of people are going to be looking for money to spend during the holidays. Right. And then for two, like you said, nobody's purchasing because nobody wants to spend the money because it is the holidays. That's so right. I feel like you get the better deals during that time. And then um, another thing that some of our uh, northern uh our connection there was like a lot of people don't want to go because it's cold in the winter too during the holidays so a lot of people don't want to get out so you got those three things that you get to key on and then i also like how you were talking about um vision? yeah the vision yeah a lot of people like you you said because i tweeted this uh yesterday i was like it takes creative and creativity and vision to actually run a business because that's what's going to make you last like like you said, you were walking into those places that look like dumps, but you had the vision to say, this is not what it is. This is not what it's meant to be. This is not the potential that it has. And you were able to execute that vision and capitalize on those things that people were overlooking. So that's some great, great gems that you just dropped on the uh, audience. <laughs> Definitely. And even I, I've heard that concept or to uh, as far as like an investing concept, not going or going the opposite direction yeah. of the herd. I think uh, Warren Buffett think so, uh, yeah. said something about that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's going towards it, go the other direction because that's when it's about to get dangerous, you know. Uh, and <laughs> I think that's really cool too because, like, even in a market where, you know, we, we talk about a California and everybody thinks, you know, every single home is a million dollars. But it's like, even in a place like a California, you still have places where people don't want to go. Or like houses that people don't want. You know, you go to where people don't specific where the people aren't, and then that's the way that you can find the deals. You can find the other things that people already own. Be uh, be fearful. The others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. That's that quote. Oh, that's the quote. That's like, the quote. <laughs> <laughs> and that that goes into something that I definitely want to get into with our journey is uh yeah so yeah, I went from real estate to stocks I believe right mm-hmm. so. So explain that that move into into going into the stock market. Yeah, well, I would say we we would oh we'd always been in the stock market, but at the end when we had done that three property flip, instead of using that to purchase more real estate, we took it all and we put it into our stock portfolio investment. And I think part of that was, you know, people can find their avenue or the asset class class that they want to invest in. Maybe they're completely into stock, the stock market. Maybe they're really into real estate or maybe they want a combination of both or, or any other thing. But for us, we were living abroad at the time. And I think at that time, it was sort of like, you know what, to us, the stock market, stock market investing 
is just easier. You put money in, it's very, it's just this passive uh, growth that happens with the, with your money and you don't have to work as much. And for us, it was sort of like, you know, let's, let's go this route. We love buying property and flipping it and creating our vision like we talked about, but we were overseas. So at that time we were like, you know, let's just dump it all into our portfolio and we can always get back into real estate if we want. But at that point we just thought, let's go the, the stock market route and just continue to grow our, our portfolio that way. And where did y'all, where did y'all learn to like what stocks to buy and do you want to do it in this uh, fund or that fund? Or how, how did y'all do y'all's research? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous, but that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I will tell everyone if, if they can read one book about actually investing in the intelligent investor. It was written by uh, Warren Buffett's mentor. So I mean the the <laughs> the god of all gods, right? In terms of in terms of investing. If you can read that one book, that is the book that I would say to read if you want to learn about stock market investing, because it really drives in the importance of understanding the psychology of investing. It's so big on really knowing why you're investing and where you need to put your money. So for us, we understood that. If we really want our portfolio to grow, it's not about individual stocks. Our the the majority of our portfolio is really in index funds, in index funds that track the entire stock market. Because one of the things I think that people make mistakes on when they're when they're new to investing in the stock market, they think that you need to buy individual stocks and that's the way that you can grow your wealth. It's very risky to buy individual stocks and even the intelligent investor, the book says, don't put more than 10% of your investment, of your stock portfolio investment in individual stocks. And we swear by that. We will, ours is well under 10%. We do have individual stocks, but it's well under 10% of our portfolio. So we read intelligent investor, we read the three fund portfolio, um, I'm trying to think of yeah. like the, the common ones that, that people can get, but if you read one book, Intelligent Investor, it really gives you a, a, a very broad understanding of investing in the stock market because the book really goes into how it's not, it's not about when you buy and sell and you're, you're moving rapidly with purchasing real estate. It's understanding the mentality of the stock market also. Yeah. So I'd say that's a good book for people to get into if they want to do stock market investing. And, and, and I'll add to that, you know, what we, what we focused on learning about was the total stock market. When you, when, when you get caught up in, in individual stocks, there are too many different factors to consider. But when you're talking about the total stock market, it moves in a historical direction, which is up. It goes up and down, up and down, but the trend is always up. And so like grasping that concept of long-term investments, and if you leave your money in for the long-term, 
it will grow. It always has. You know, when people look at it very short term or they put all their eggs in one basket or one stock, then yes, that's how you lose because you are relying on that money maybe to live on, you know, to pay to, you know, you're, you're hoping to put some money in, get a windfall and take it out really quick. But see, when we invested, we invested for the long term. We knew that this money was going to stay there forever because we weren't going to be living off of selling our stocks. We we're going to be living off of the dividends from those stocks. Oh, yeah. So can you speak on that a little bit as well, too? Because I know some people that, uh, you know, are listening to the podcast are probably like, uh, well, I've never even bought stocks before. So what, what do you mean about dividends and all this other stuff? Like, how, how did I put permanent money into a stock that is now paying for me to live forever? Mm, yeah. So that, that, is, that, that was something that I think was hard for us to initially grasp when we first started investing, right? But what happens is when you put this money in, the money grows on top of itself, right? So when, you are, when, you, when, you, when you're in this first phase of wealth accumulation, you're adding money to it every month through your paycheck, right? You're buying uh, an index fund, you're buying a share of an index fund every month. So for us, we bought shares of index funds every single month. And the money that we were adding to, that portfolio was growing. But that portfolio was also growing because it was, it, was, it was paying out a dividend, which basically a dividend is almost like an uh, a, 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 a interest payment. So, you know, like if you have a credit card, you pay interest on your, on your credit card or something like that. But because you own these stocks, they're paying you this interest. And so... When you're first starting to invest, you automatically reinvest those dividends. But you get to a point where you've invested so much money in, in, into all these index funds, and, and these index funds have, have grown so big that instead of reinvesting the dividends, you can start having the, those dividends come directly to you. Mm. So we're at a phase now where our portfolio has grown to be that big. You, you ever... You ever hear someone say, oh, if I would have started investing $10 a week every day, it would have been like a million dollars by the time I was 60 years old. Well, that's basically our story. So we start investing so much money every month and it's grown to this seven figure amount. And now we can just live off of the dividends from that seven figure amount. Hey, so if you're out there listening and y'all want to know how they did it, just gave you the roadmap. Yeah. They just gave you the GPS. They grabbed the pen for y'all. I, I want to dive in something because you mentioned them a couple of times. Uh, the index funds. I don't think we ever spoke at spoke about those because we never really dove into stocks. So for someone wondering what an index fund is, because we keep throwing out these terms, index funds, individual stocks, mm. ETFs, and all these things. Could you explain that a little further for the followers? Yeah, certainly. So um Basically, you can invest in the, in, in the stock market by buying individual stocks like Apple or Google or any of these individual companies. Or you can invest in a group of stocks. So an index fund is, is, a, is, a, is a group of stocks all in one investment. So we have one index fund that we really like to talk a lot about on our YouTube channel it's called VTSAX, but basic, basically it's the Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund. And what this company Vanguard does, it's, it's a brokerage. They have 
bought shares of all, all these companies and they put them in this one index fund. And so you can just buy this one index fund and own all of these companies because they're already a part of this index fund. So for us, this concept of buying all these companies by just buying this one index fund is the ultimate diversification play. Mm -hmm. And when people, when, when people come across this concept of investing in index funds and they look at it very hard, it just makes so much sense. Because when you're investing in the total stock market and in a total stock market index fund, you are basically betting on the entire economy, right? You are, you, are, you, are, you are betting on society. And in order for that index fund to completely go to zero, that would mean that every company that is in that index fund, which is all the companies in the US would have to fail. So could you imagine if all, if every single company in the US failed, it, it's virtually impossible. So what you're, what you're doing, when you're investing in this one index fund, it's, it is the most secure investment that you can make. Now, of course, companies, company shares will go up and down, but what happens with these funds is that if a company ever fails, they're removed from the fund and another company comes in, right? That's how capitalism works, because when something else fails, something else is going to fill its fill its spot and that's how these index funds work and that's the one thing too and i i, I always want to highlight these things that we talk about it's like he says you know we bought vtsax we bought the the one index fund and we have you know vtsax has, has been very successful for us and the idea behind that like aman says is that it provides automatic diversification you own parts of all of these various different companies and that's also the success behind any type of investment that you're making is when you can diversify it so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket and if that basket fails you have lost all of your money but by buying an index fund you are buying this automatic diversification so that your money like Amon said it's tracking the total stock market and your your success rate is a lot higher than just throwing your money into one individual stock and hoping that it will it will perform well that's really cool that's basically uh at least as far as i'm understanding it because i this is somewhat new to me uh information as well basically the way i'm understanding it y'all set it up to where you never have to work again as long as the u.s doesn't completely fail and go <laughs> <laughs> i like how you broke it down I yeah like that's, it that's down. a perfect summary yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i like that though like that's really cool like that that's basically a fail safe plan like y'all said to where it's like you know, if, if I've ever even heard anything more secure than possibly even real estate to where it's like the economy, if the U.S. economy goes down to a point to where they're not making money, we have a lot larger issues than just the money going on. Like, <laughs> I, I like the way they set that up. Basically, they're going to be, like they said, they can say that very uh, confidently. They never have to work again, yeah. ever. And, you know, it made me think about something that I seen on Instagram a while back. Uh, I think it was on Flat. He was talking about like how most billionaires only own two percent of their holdings in real estate, and they do the stock market heavy. Reasons like that is why, mm -hmm. because like <laughs> was talking about that in the conversation. But on a grand, yeah, the stock market may be more volatile than real estate. Real estate may be more like you know consistent in that regard. But in you, when you diversify so much that you hedged against that risk, you're gonna win regardless. Like it's no losing your money long forever. 
<laughs> and I also I like the just just one more thing before we dive more into it. I like the way y'all set it up as far as uh and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was kind of more of a situation where like, okay, we don't have much money. Let's hop into real estate. We can flip the money we do have. And then once we flip that money, then now we can turn around and put that money into the stock market because at the point where we're trying to invest in the stock uh or in the stock market for us to get the type of returns that we want, we need better money. So like y'all mm. y'all leveled up basically the hustle as y'all went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I like I like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> y'all need meek meal. <laughs> so I did want to get into how how did y'all start doing YouTube? What what was the the thing? <laughs> I was like, okay, now after doing stocks, now let's get into this YouTube. Oh yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because um, we go to YouTube for almost everything when we want to learn something, right? Like when we were doing our home renovations, if we if we if we if we're if we're trying to work out, if we're trying to cook. It's it's the how-to place for us. How to how to do things. And so when we were um, at at the end part of our journey, we said you know what, we should, we should go on YouTube and start to share, share our journey. Because we were, we were almost at the finish line when we started our YouTube. And we said, okay, let's go on there. Let's talk about, let's talk about index funds. Let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about all these different side hustles. And to date, we've made 102 videos. And I can't even believe it because it's only been just over a year. And so we went to YouTube just to share information, right? To, 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 and if you watch our first YouTube videos, they're terrible. They're just us talking about, you know, a certain subject. And based on the questions that we got, we knew that there was, there was a thirst for this information, right? So we started to refine it a bit and start to answer more questions in all of these videos. Yeah, I think for us too, it's like, I mean, we started a little over a year ago and we have grown it to now we have over 75,000 subscribers on the channel and we're getting tons of views. And for us though, when we started, it was just sort of like, when we, when we started to do the YouTube channels, like there's not really a lot of information about fire contained in one channel on YouTube. And we thought, why don't we share this? Because like, like we said, when we started this, there was no concept of fire. There was no title for it. There was nowhere to go. And we just thought we can share this. This is such a great thing to understand and to know that we have to share this with people. And we get comments all the time of people saying, I wish I would have known about you guys earlier. I wish I wish I would have known about fire earlier. So it was our thing of being like this process of going through this journey of fire has been so joyful for us. Mm-hmm. We have just found so much joy in going through this process and so much happiness now that we have been able to retire early that we want to share this and open up people's minds so that they understand what this concept of fire is and show them the ways that we the things that we did in order to achieve an early retirement so that other people can do the same thing and what was like that turning point where it's like okay this youtube channel is actually people are actually catching on and people are a lot they're starting to get a lot of subscribers when, when was that? Was it like early on? Was it like recently? You know what? It was, it was when we were in Portugal, actually. We <laughs> it, was, it was Christmas. It, yes. was, it, was, it, was, it was last Christmas. 
we were we, we came to Portugal to scout it out for our retirement. And, you know, we had just been kind of uh, um, chugging along. And then um, one of our one of our videos just started to pick up steam. And then all of a sudden it just started. It, it just it just started exploding. I, you know what? YouTube is such a funny thing. I, I always say the YouTube gods just smiled on us, you know, <laughs> but I also think that we were putting out really valuable information and people like the few subscribers that we had at one time, they were like, man, this is like free game. I can't believe you guys are talking about this stuff. Like I started doing this side hustle. I'm already making money and you guys are just giving it away for free. And so what I think what started happening is like people started to share our videos because I'm looking at some at the number of shares that we, we get on our videos. We got like 23,000 shares last month, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like, it's like ridiculous because people see this information like, man, I got to tell my friend about this and they share our video with somebody. So, you know, just, just things happen when you put out, when you put out valuable stuff. That's, that's just like compound interest though, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> truly. Like people, y'all started off slow, and then as your following grew, your shares grew. Like you have one person that's sharing it to two people now. Now you got three people sharing it to six people. So it's it's so crazy because it, it's like almost synonymous with the way y'all got to where y'all are able to do what you're doing. Um, and I'm glad y'all mentioned Portugal because I want to talk about like. What was that mindset like, especially since y'all have kids, like saying, hey, we're going to move to Portugal. Like, yeah. we just go get up out of here and go do something different. So, like, yeah. what was that mindset like? And then I know on the back end of that, you had people that was in your ear like, y'all shouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, we... You scouting? You, that's a cool concept. You yeah. scouting where you going for your retirement? That's not <laughs> like goals. Like... <laughs> You know what? I think that we have just come from like a fearless family because my my father took me and and my brothers uh, and my mom. Uh, we all moved to Nigeria when I was when I was six months old. Right. This was like this was like in the 80s when there was no YouTube, when there was no Google. They just they just said we're moving to Nigeria. They picked up all their stuff and they moved us to Nigeria. And we have just always had that attitude. Like if there's, if there's something we want to do, we're going to be fearless about it. And of course there were people that said, matter of fact, most people don't even know where Portugal is. You know, like we tell them, oh, we're moving to Portugal. They think it's like in South America somewhere, or, you know, they think it's like in the Caribbean, but it's a, it's a, it's a great country. So we have just had like this fearless attitude. I mean, we have friends that have been in the same neighborhood their whole lives. And that's okay too, right? But for us, we have just always wanted to kind of make our world a little bigger. So when our girls, you know, our, our daughters have been with us on this, on, on this journey and they have been very adventurous too. When we told them that we were moving to Portugal, they were like, oh man, I'm so excited. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. So, you know what? It, it, I think it's our whole attitude about uh, about about the adventure, um, looking at the world like it's 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 our playground. We were just fearless when the idea came up. 
And our girls are very adventurous also. I mean, we didn't even really touch upon this, but we lived and worked in Japan. We also lived and worked in Spain. And the, both of our girls were born in Japan. So they've lived in Spain, Japan, Portugal. We have traveled the world to all these different countries. So for them, it's so normal. You know, I didn't actually, I didn't have a passport until after I had graduated from undergrad. And so my experience compared to my kids now is completely different. If I would have been in high school or as an undergrad thinking that I'm going to do all these things, it would have just blown my mind that when I was that age, you know, but for our girls, it's so normal for them. They're like, we get to go to Portugal. All right. You know, and, and this whole, this whole thing, they've completely embraced the concept of let's get up and go, let's retire and let's move to Portugal. That's cool. And, and that goes so back cool. to that, that whole fearlessness. Like you said, y'all both come from fearless families and y'all raising a fearless family. <laughs> that's what it is. Make it where you That's really cool. And then like the so much more even open and like like they'll be willing to do so much more and not not afraid of it because of the fact mm -hmm. that they've done so much already. Like I me personally, I'd be scared as hell to go to Portugal. Like I've I, <laughs> these these kids already got a, a big ass advantage on me. Like Oh you gotta yeah. But no that's that's really cool. Now like they they y'all are setting it up to where their fear will be so like little to non existent to where mm -hmm. like they'll be you know ready to do whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go and get it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. So y'all had a, a video recently on y'all's YouTube about HSAs, health savings oh. accounts. We have never had somebody come speak on health savings account on our podcast. Can y'all actually like go into it and explain exactly what a health savings account and what it's used for? Oh, are you trying to get nerdy on us right now? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because we are we are very money nerd on our on our channel, so we have we have videos that are like about about the nuts and bolts of financial independence and like all these different hacks, and and that's one of those videos. So most people. Uh, that have a that have a regular nine to five job have access to these health savings accounts, but unless you're a nerd, you're not really going to understand how to how to hack them. So don't get it confused with a flexible savings account. That is a that is something that that you put money in. If you don't use it at the end of the year, you you lose that money. You're supposed to with a flexible savings account. You're supposed to spend it in the year that you receive that money or deposit that money in, in, into that account. Hmm. But a health savings account, right? They, they're called HSAs. You are basically taking, um, taking a portion of your check and saving it for health related uh, uh, expenses, right? And so you can, you can put it into a regular savings account or you can take the, that money and connect it to a brokerage account and invest those funds. And what's so what, what's so nice about the health savings account is that the money is tax deferred. So it reduces your taxable income when you put this money into an HSA account. So what, on our video, we talk about like, there's this benefit, it's reducing your taxable income. But now once the money 
is in your HSA savings account, what you want to do is move it over to a broker's account because then that money gets to also grow tax-free. So this is real nerdy stuff, but this type of money that is tax-deferred, grows tax-free, it can also be withdrawn tax-free if you use it in if you, if you use it for health expenses, but there's but there's a hack that, that we talk about in our video. I won't get all, I won't get into it now. But basically, you have this triple benefit. You can deposit it tax free. It grows tax free, and you can withdraw it tax free. Mm. And most people are not taking advantage of these accounts. So that's the type of stuff that we talk about on our on our channel. And our background, you know, like I said, we were government employees. We had a minimum about, uh, amount of money. So we have to be very creative. And so it's things like that that we like to we like to share with people. Yeah, so basically, just in summary, an HSA is another tool to grow your investments. You can invest the money that you put in from your HSA. It's You're not taxed on it, and you can grow it, and it can be part of your investment portfolio. And because of the tax advantages, it's a huge tool to use for financial independence, to retire early, or to even just simply grow your investments and have these huge tax advantages associated with it. So you're telling me I could have a 401k, an IRA, and an HSA all together for tax? For tax benefits? Oh, yes. 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 Thank you. Yes, yes. that yes. is exactly yes. it. And you know, a lot of people don't even hear about an HSA. People don't even know that what it is and then on top of that the people that do know what it is a lot of people just use it like it says a health savings account a savings account they don't tie it to a brokerage and they don't begin investing money into it so that's really the hack you don't actually use it as a savings account you use it as another tool to invest money into the stock market mm -hmm. with it that's what I was about to say. One time, real quick, can y'all drop the name of the YouTube channel? Just I we keep referring to it. I just need the people to know the name. Pull out your pen and paper right now, guys. <laughs> yes, it's called Our Rich Journey. Our Rich Journey, guys. Write it down. Subscribe. Like right now. Like I need you to pause the episode. Go subscribe. <laughs> and come back and hit play again. Like, did y'all hear that? Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. Like now we go pivot to the last segment of the show. Uh, what's on your timeline? It's just a segment where we ask y'all something that y'all seen on y'all social media, or even something that y'all posted that y'all thought was like impactful or one to just speak on. Mm -hmm. What have we seen recently? So, uh, you know, we have been talking a lot about real estate on our uh, on our story, um, and we've been watching a lot of other stories about real estate. And now that we're in Portugal, we're getting settled. We are looking at getting back into the real estate game. So, you know, we've we there is there is a there is a lot of opportunity here in Lisbon. And so I think over the next year, we're going to be looking at getting involved in real estate here. Uh, we're going to continue to do our YouTube uh, uh, channel, and I think on our YouTube channel, we are going to share that journey. So that's going to be something that I think is going to be really exciting is, 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 is getting, getting back into it. Because, you know, we, when, we, when we made all those profits from, from our real estate, we also set aside some of that money to be able to reinvest into real estate. So I, I think that's what's going to be coming up over the next, over the next year. 
Hey, that's so dope. And I just love how y'all constantly, you know, look forward to the future. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they don't have that, that vision. Yeah, that long-term vision. Uh, they're not appreciative of delayed gratification. And y'all are definitely big on that. So I definitely love that about y'all. That's definitely inspiring. You know, we talked a lot actually about, and a lot of people have been asking us. So I think this is a good one. A lot of people have been asking us about books. What do we recommend? You know, like I said earlier, we totally recommend Intelligent Investor. Definitely read that. And we've actually been talking about sitting down and writing something and just giving a very chronological order of this process of what fire is how to achieve fire what you should be doing to achieve fire so that might be on the the future future horizon but i would really love to now that we're retired we have more time in our hands we're not working 40 plus hours a week we have time to dedicate to things that we really enjoy and I love writing and I never really had that opportunity before. Oh she's so, already she's already wrote like written like four <laughs> chapters in that book. <laughs> I mean Christina's yeah. really downplaying it, but she wakes up every morning and probably writes for an hour on this on this book. So yes, that be is on definitely on the on the on the timeline. Yeah. Hey, that's lit. Y'all be on the lookout for that too. <laughs> Does y'all got anything? Nah, I, I do want to have, I have one question. So will the real estate game be different now that you're out in Portugal? Like, have you been looking into the laws and everything? I know you're probably going to have to, you know, re-educate yourself in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think definitely here, it's going to be a longer process mm-hmm. because we are now in the process of learning the language. We're meeting with tutors and we're learning Portuguese. You know, it's not as easy for us as if we're in the States and buying property. We already know that process. So here, it's just going to be a longer process of first getting the language down better and then really understanding the laws associated with buying property and and how the market looks here, you know, whether there's a perceived bubble in Lisbon now or whether there's going to be a crash. It's more researching here because we're new to the market. So I think, you know, in any, at any place though, if you're, if you're new to investing in the States or the state that you live in anywhere, you really have to do your research. We did our research in the States. We bought multiple properties there, but it's the same thing here. It's just, it's going to take us longer to really understand the the process here in Portugal. Most, most deaf, most deaf. Well, good luck to y'all on that, and uh, we wish y'all definitely a lot of success. Yeah, and I, d- I definitely get that from y'all. Y'all are very, uh, the vibe I get is very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> y'all make sure you know, <laughs> strategic, from top yeah. To bottom, and then, <laughs> but that's, that's what you do it, though. Like, throughout the entire story, that's been, like, a major advantage. It's helped y'all to, to know all the different ways that you can do it and the, the best advantages to create. So I, I, I really admire that about y'all. Yeah. This is a really thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all for coming on this episode and just dropping game. I just subscribed to the YouTube channel. I don't know about <laughs> y'all. Uh, and I'm about to start looking into index funds. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. A lot of game, yeah. Could I'm you just... tell us that Vanguard fund again? What was the uh, ticker? It's a VTSAX. And, and we actually have a yeah. we have a YouTube video specifically on VTSAX also, so you should check it out. 
Hey, links appreciate will be it. In the show notes. Yeah, so links will be in the show out. notes. Oh yeah. Um, so can you just plug yourself in for everywhere else that you guys are uh, located, where people can learn from you? If you have anything else that you know, you do uh, offer to people. Yeah, like any products or yeah. services that y'all offer. All your social well, see, media websites. Yeah. So really we want people to find us on YouTube. That's, that's, that's what we call home. If people go to YouTube, they can see the rest of our, our, our social media links, but that's our home. And on YouTube, we're giving, we're giving away the information on, on YouTube. Um, also you can find us on Instagram at rich journey. We're not our rich journey on Instagram. We're just rich journey. So those are the two places. Uh, send us a message. We answer every single question we receive eventually because now we're getting to the point where we have to dedicate um, a certain day to just answer yeah. all, all these questions because it, it gets overwhelming but we answer all questions uh, well we appreciate it um once again this has been the black author renaissance podcast we appreciate all our guests for just constantly coming out every week and just rocking and listening and just tuning in to all the great guests we are constantly able to get um y'all go to our website uh, go check out blackoutrenaissance.com. Go check out our Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, if you just follow, found us via a podcast, our Instagram is Renaissance. Twitter, BWR underscore movement. Um, we got merch on our website. We got some great uh, courses. We got some great content. We just got a lot of stuff for you to help educate yourself um, and just keep on rocking with us. We're going to keep on doing that. As Jalen just said, we thank all y'all for continuing to rock with us. Uh, continue to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. We kind of continue just want to grow this so we can when they be like the people our rich journey. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, that's that's real life goals. I'm Go trying on. to I'm trying to scout my retirement. I'm, like, I, I'm still not over that, bro. I'm not letting that one go. That's that's gonna be my thing for like the next at least the rest of the year. We gotta scout you. If you're not scouting your retirement place, what are you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, Christina and Amon, we definitely appreciate y'all for coming on. Uh, but thank you so much for having us. Oh, uh, no problem, bro. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Oh, uh, no problem. Well, that's it. This is Black Wolf Renaissance. And now, peace. peace. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.